Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 41 of Jen and Millie. Ooh. 41. 41. Uh, after 40, it's all kind of like, well, Downhill whatever. Downhill from there until you get half a century. When? <laughs> that's my, my that's my birth marker, so I decided. 40? Cause I turned, no, because I turned a quarter of a century this year. So I'm going by quarter centuries is how I'm marking You're going to be tired, age. and your body's going to hurt. So at 41, I started to notice that things hurt, and today I can hardly move. We're off subject. Okay. We're totally off subject. Welcome to Jen and Emily. We're a Gen Xer and a millennial. Share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hello, hello. That's what I decided, though, because everybody said, you know, I mean, decades are fine, half decades, but I'm That's like, isn't so... it cool to mark time with, like, quarter of a century? Okay, why not mark time with every five years? That's how our class back home in Exeter does it. We celebrate, you know, a lot of people get together for their reunions we get together every five years huh so we don't just wait till the 25 we do 20 25 30 and actually this weekend I might go back just for fun even though it's not a a five-year weekend I love Hmm. my class they're just awesome that makes a difference amazing people who I hear from all the time um my friend Jeremy reaches out we talk about music um Sherry and I are great friends she just texted me um she makes me laugh. I mean, I, d- I think these are people I was lucky enough to grow up with, 17 in our class. Mm-hmm. And there are probably, f- well, a good five of us that are pretty tight yet. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate all the time. Don't wait 25 years to celebrate. <laughs> mile marker. Um, mile marker can be shown <clears throat> a little bit of generational stuff. I swore I would never, ever complain about how my body is reacting to time. Okay. Oh, no. If you don't yet watch Grace and Frankie, it's really good. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's so good. It's Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Okay. And they, it's it's a great storyline, but it's really funny. And Jane is dating a younger guy. And she, you can tell that even subconsciously she's pushing back against it. She's like, oh, he'll just figure out, you know, that I'm tired. And she hurt her knee breaking into a house by climbing through the doggy door. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so oh, she's no. limping around. And so there's this scene, and it's really great. I've watched it a couple times now because it elicits so much emotion for me because that's where I feel like I'm at. Yeah. She looks at him, and she says, oh, yeah, you want me? Do you want this? And she takes off her fake eyelashes, and she takes out her hair extension pieces. And then she t- goes in her purse and gets a makeup wipe and takes all of her makeup off. And she mm-hmm. turns around and she's like, this is me. Because she's really done up. Yeah. And it's really powerful because, mm-hmm. of course, you know, he loves her anyway. But I think one of the things she says, so she has this same episode. She does not want to admit that she needs a scooter at Lowe's. <laughs> Oh, no. So she she's limping around with her knees really, really bad, but she doesn't want to do it. But it's in row 234. Oh, no. And so row 234, she finally gets in the scooter. She's like, I got to finally do this. Well, she doesn't want to run into her daughter's boyfriend. So she tries to leave Lowe's without paying for it, throws a $20 bill for this piece of oh no whatever that she picked up, and then runs into a cop car. <laughs> with the scooter. <laughs> scooter. Oh, and no. then the cop comes over and says, I don't even know, you know, what to say about this. And but I can smell alcohol on your breath. Because her character, um, Grace, is just constantly with a martini in her hand and a oh, flask. No. So it is a great scene. Oh, but she goodness. 
the her daughter's boyfriend finds her, gives her a ride home, and she says, "It's like this really. It's a slope hmm. when your body starts to go through different things." So I remember when I was twenty five and had my, I was done having children at twenty five, and I had Sean. And I I lost all of this weight um, and couldn't figure out why. And it was just because I was active finally in my Mm -hmm. life. And my mom gave me what I like to call a curse. And she said, you just wait till you turn 30. And you just wait till you turn 35. Mm -hmm. And you just wait till you turn 40. And I thought, how how rude. How rude. (laughs) rude. Um, But also, no, that won't happen to me. And then it did. And there were just things that no matter how much I worked out, or how I changed my eating habits, or Mm -hmm. that just changed. Mm. And there are certain seasons of life that I think age us more. And I'm noticing, so I went through a stage where I noticed a lot of wrinkles, and then I kind of got past that stage where I noticed those so Mm. much. And now I'm noticing dark circles under my eyes that, Mm. also sleep would help with that, but Mm. I mean certain things yeah. that once you you see them mm-hmm. it's like you acknowledge them and then they're there yep. I remember the first time I saw back fat and I thought where who put, <laughs> put that there and take it away <laughs> because I turned I turned around and went what what is that how did that get I mean I I mean we had a big mirror and I looked and <laughs> put that like, there that's <laughs> so I think with generational differences, mm-hmm. aging is a big one. Yeah, for And sure. then um, I've been reading up and learning a lot about the way that aging affects, um, effects of aging in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, effects of aging culturally, how we treat people who are older, particularly how older women are treated and regarded. So Grace and Frankie, if you're not wat- yet watching it, is an absolute... It talks all about that. Cool. Um, she's a CEO of a company, and then they kind of the daughter takes over, and the daughter mm-hmm. doesn't want her there anymore. I mean, it, it's a really great, cool, great show. Cool. Wasn't planning on talking about that today. That's Sorry, fine. whoops. That's all right. Yeah. Oh my, my body hurts from working out with the group training. So Amy, who is the trainer at Anytime Fitness, she's great. Lots of energy. Lots of smiles at five thirty in the morning, which she can save. Um, but <laughs> She puts together a great workout, and it's a group. Okay. I just want to clarify about Woo. It is not always on. So I do not like to work out with people. Hmm. I like to keep my sweat to myself. Um, I, I need that time alone. But I made a, a promise to my friend T that I would give it a try. Mm-hmm. And it is kicking me hmm. in the rear. It is really hard stuff so today when I walked in I saw the stairs I was like do we have an elevator stairs oh my gosh so um yeah so I think that's interesting because so I have almost like a a little bit of a reverse situation where you know I ran the Lincoln half which is and you did awesome and I will share the video if you would like stop you do not want to see the video um um but so, which was just a huge accomplishment for me, but, you know, me being me, not having high woo, not being an extrovert, like, I just love to go to the gym by myself and listen to audiobooks or, um, you know, listen to music or something while I was at the gym um, running or while I was running outside, and, you know, I got so excited and was so excited to share 
my accomplishment um, with people that I posted on Instagram about it. And I was like, oh, this is like, if I can go from not, like I couldn't even run a mile in January, right? right. It's huge um, you know, test. To then running, you know, 13 miles of, you know, a month ago. Um, so it was awesome. Just like five months of just really being intentional about, um, you know, and I've always been active. I've always done yoga, but just being something that I really saw is like, this is, a really great indicator that I'm feeling well if I can run mm-hmm. because that's always been a trigger for health issues for me. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, I did this and I shared this. And so long story short, I signed up for another half marathon in the fall, um, which I'm so excited about to continue training. It was very much a personal thing. Again, I started sharing this with people and now I have a team of 10 people that I'm running this half marathon for that I'm like, have been dubbed the team leader. And I love my friends and I'm glad and I'm like excited about it, but they want to like train together and, that sounds you know, like hell. and, and do like a, a shorter race in the summer. And I'm like, just trying to be excited about it. And I don't think any of them listen, you know, you know, no, but actually some of them started listening, but okay, great. Because <laughs> you're a leader. My mouth. And anyway, so they all started listening. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. But um, I say that on every but podcast, think, but I think like it's, it's pushing me though to be, um, out of my comfort zone, right? Just like your group classes are. Like, and I definitely encourage, and I'm definitely an enabler. I never thought any of them would sign up for an marathon of me in the fall, <laughs> but they did, and they're spreading the word, and more people are joining. And it's such a cool thing that I'm glad that my story of like I couldn't even run a mile, you know, without having to stop, has like now transformed into like ten people setting this goal for themselves, right? But it also is hard because the the introvert in me loves that time. Um, and so it's hard to coordinate and to just be able to like be like, okay, I'm going to leave work a little early and go for a run, or I'm going to go to the gym at nine o'clock tonight, you know, to be able to do that without having to coordinate. You can run at people. night or in the evening. I always run in the evening. Oh. I never run in the morning. Ugh. Oh. But anyway, so okay, it's so- wonderful because they've all started listening. So now I'm putting my foot in my mouth, but essentially it's making me just like your early morning gym class, right? It's pushing our strengths out in a different way. And I think it's interesting that both of us, and I don't know if it's something about about the gym or miss, we have very different strengths, but both of us like to be solitary in What's think in time? Our gym effort, right? It's think time, and both of us do have a lot of strategic thinking themes. So maybe it's that, but I'm just trying to like figure out. Okay, I really am excited. I love hanging out with all my friends, right? They're my friends for a reason. I chose them to be my friends, and they have chosen me. But at the same time, it's a little bit. It'd be better go to dinner. You know, yeah. To me, I'm like, let's go grab a drink right after we all have our independent runs where I have right. my hour. And then let's thing. talk about them, and then <laughs> never do this together. Uh, so I think what's fascinating and we never prep these Mm -mm. so I just got done meeting with our new intern Alexa today Mm -hmm. and we were talking about her strengths and we were talking about ways that she wants to build on yeah strengths within her top five like how can I practice these more and we talked about I specifically said the best kind of work comes from when you're stretched out of your comfort zone yeah for sure and if we're not doing that we're not growing mm-hmm. um, I've been doing a ton of out of my comfort zone stuff recently Good. sometimes but it's so easy to do what you know yeah and it's really easy to fall back into old patterns, old habits. Mm-hmm. Also, I think we're really drawn, and this will tie into resilience and mm-hmm. um, ACEs, we're drawn to what we know. 
even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So we're drawn to a lifestyle similar to maybe what we grew up with. For we are sure. drawn to what we know. And I think we don't even, it's because it doesn't require any work. Yeah. The stretching and the building and the trying and the growth mm-hmm. happens when we do things that are unfamiliar. Yeah. So That's as much good. as I love morning time by myself, so I'm learning I get up at 4.30 now so I can mm-hmm. have some morning time before I go to do this 5.30 mm-hmm. workout. And I, you know, jazz hands woo, that's not me there. I'm mm-hmm. barely talking to people. I'm, there's a lot of smiling happening. It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> but what I'm kind of loving about it is it's mm-hmm. completely stretching me both physically and mentally. So it requires, it's, it's circuit training and it requires a lot of coordination. So mm-hmm. Tess, we had to do this morning, we have to do a, it's a box jump. So you mm-hmm. literally just jump in a square. Yeah. So it's. With your two feet like a bunny hop. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, kind of quickly. I have to talk to myself. No. Oh yes. My gosh. To do this. And then Amy did this thing where with the, um, the step up and we were supposed to jump on it and jump back down. And I'm like stepping up one foot at a time. I can barely do that. So it pushes me mm-hmm. in all these ways that feel like a risk because I don't when I don't know what I'm doing I get really I'll go back to old okay so that's interesting because that's kind of the framework you are approaching it with for me it's more of a and and I think this is like you know we're talking potentially in the future about like Enneagram number even like the basements of some of my strengths that I'm such an independent person that I don't like to be tied down to anybody else so I think the the thing about all my friends signing up to run this race with me, which I am so excited about. It's going to be so much fun. We've talked about doing like t-shirts or coordinating outfits and, fun. you know, having these fun things. But what if I run at a slightly different pace than anybody else? Am I going to have to adjust my, right, my pace, right, to run with them, right? Because is it going to be this communal thing? So all these things are running through my head and it goes back to the fact that I like to do things how I like to do them. And I don't have to be liable to how anybody else does anything, mm-hmm. right? Which is interesting when we talk about adaptability, right? So you talk about the misconceptions of who. Misconceptions of adaptability might be, well, sure then, she can. Sure she just would change her pace, yep. right? Just, you know. And so understanding that, that, that there are these misconceptions even with our strengths. But I'm excited as well, like, like you are with your 530 group workout classes. Um, I am excited to get out. And hopefully when it's nicer outside, we'll spend more time outside running. But just to spend time with them prepping, prepping for this. But You remember yeah. that we talked way back. We talked about misconceptions of our generation. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said around uh, misconceptions of our strengths. For sure. And we've talked about this quite a bit when it comes to, you know, balcony and basement mm-hmm. and barrier labels and yep. those kinds of things. But I think it's always good to revisit that yeah. because particularly when it comes to stretch moments, yep. I'm finding it's easier for me to get, if things are difficult and I'm in a challenging situation, I can very easily go into the basement of my strengths and like it there. Yeah. I'm going to hang out here. And justify it, yep. right? Like, I'm okay to be in this mood yep. because this is. And I think back am, to right? all the, yeah. you know, teaching and, and learning that I've been able to do with Wild, and it's about being below the line. 
Yep. It's your hemispheres of the brain and below the line that's where rigidity and shame and anxiousness and sadness yeah. are. And what it takes to rise above the line is courage. Yeah. And so really being intentional Stepping outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And really yeah. being intentional to say, I'm going to do better with this. I loved the conversation with Alexa because she was talking about positivity mm-hmm. and she said, I have the ability to always bring myself out of a bad mood. Like yeah. it's a new day or you have an opportunity right now. It's so much optimism. Yeah. And I think, um, there's sometimes misconceptions around positivity. Like they're just walking around thinking everything's great. No, mm-hmm. they just know That it's up to them that they can choose optimism. True. And I think, so there's Mm -hmm. so much misconception around strength. So that's one of the questions I'd like to um, throw out to our... our, um, Listeners. I was going to say group. (laughs) Our group, our team. The five people I hear from. Um, I would love to hear what's a misconception about you in general. Whether it's in the way that you present yourself, whether it's in your... Uh, generational perspective mm-hmm. or within your strengths what's strengths. a misconception mm-hmm. that people have mm-hmm. I've been told a lot recently that I make a lot of assumptions hmm. and if I'm not getting the answer to my question I'll go five different ways to get the answer but if if someone doesn't want to give me an answer or they just want to stay in I don't know I make mm-hmm. an assumption hmm. about the response and I need to give some grace for the I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to do for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My input strategic says there's always an answer. There's always an answer. There's always yeah, a reason. that's what I was just thinking. I was like, why would someone say, you know, I right. know some people say I don't know, but. There's always a reason. Well, also they need the pause. Mm-hmm. I don't. No. I mean, at any given time I can explain what I'm feeling or thinking. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the gift of. Communication. It is. It is. With a sure. little bit of empathy. It's really good. Hmm. So on that note, do you want to talk about your resilience quiz? Yeah. Okay. So, so you'll remember that Tess had a zero aces score, <laughs> you guys. which I think is almost relatively impossible. But okay. It. it uh, so I have a zero. I have zero aces, which I think, especially just in our field and the people we interact with, we talked about this last episode, is definitely a lot less common because people tend to be drawn to our field. Um, because of maybe some past experience um, in their own life. And so I also took this resiliency um, quiz, which we have linked already on the Worth Mentioning Board. But essentially, resiliency um, meaning kind of what did your community look like and how did it cope under stress? Um, How did it cope in different times, right? So I'm going to stop for a second here and go Mm -hmm. back. ACEs, um, if you're just Mm -hmm. joining us for the first time, is the Adverse Adverse Childhood Experiences Assessment. Mm -hmm. So it helps to kind of take a look at what kind of potential trauma that you may have experienced um, in your childhood or in your life. Um, So great starting point to start kind of thinking about resilience and growth mindset. I have a high ACEs score. And when we were chatting about this, Tess said, I, I think I mine's think pretty mine's low, zero. and it and it was zero. Zero. So so I love this, and so this is maybe too where we can talk about resiliency. But I had a great conversation, and I hope she's okay with me sharing this. But with my, my, my boss Jen, and she was talking about her her daughter, um, and how her daughter doesn't have you know many aces, doesn't have many. Um, 
adverse childhood experiences, right? But how um, she had to tell her daughter that she had to lean back on dance because it was becoming too much for the family. So they went from, I think she said it was like six different dance groups that she was in and, and they said, or four or five different, and she had to cut it down to three this next year. She had to choose which three she wanted to be a part of. And, you know, Jen was like, you could have thought the world was ending, right? And that, and she said, it was after she listened to our podcast, she said, that when I thought about it, and I'm like, why on earth are you freaking out about it? You know, Jen's really a good realist. I appreciate She's her. She's also a but great mom. A great mom, you know. But then she took a step back and she interpreted that, and she said, that probably seems like trauma to her, right? Because it's relative, right? She doesn't have adverse childhood experiences like the ones that are noted in the Aces quiz right. um, or the Aces assessment. And so something like that, where you have to give up a little bit of what you love, right? Even though it's probably for the best, could seem like trauma. And right? important to happen mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's um, perceived kind of a failure yeah. or a loss. Yep. And we, as parents, mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes yeah. to allow your child to experience failure or loss, but it's mm-hmm. critical yeah. in the way that they build on their own sense of resilience. Um how Children Succeed by Paul Tuff, great book, mm-hmm. just talks about the. I mean, we have to help our kids fail yeah. and fail with a, a safety net behind them, knowing yep. that they're supported, but also knowing that failure is part of life. Because if we get to an yep. age and not experience yep. trauma or difficulty, For and then sure. it happens, it can be really, really be difficult really on an adult. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So I think that that when we talk about ACEs, you know, you might not have a high ACEs score, right? Like that's a really great indicator Mm -hmm. of maybe the external things, right, within your life that affected to trauma, perceived trauma or wounds that you had as a result of that, right? But there's also people like, and I think this is something I've really had to grapple with and I'm almost preaching to myself when I say this because I could very easily, and I think it's been very hard for me, especially just in church and around people who've gone through really hard stuff. Like I've had friends who've walked through incredibly traumatic events to not want to say, why do I still feel the way I do about things? Because I've never had anything bad happen to me, right? Like, it's very easy to say, right? But you have. Right, okay, but, you know, according to an assessment like this, right, right, I haven't had anything, right? It's been my interpretation of events that might not have looked like trauma, right? Like, I probably was told at one point I couldn't do dance, right? (laughs) Like Jen's daughter. And that was a perception then on my part of loss, of grief, of trauma, and then Mm -hmm. of wounds that resulted, right? And so I think it's, it's good even for some of our listeners, and I don't know if there's anybody out there, but where you could maybe go and you can take the ACEs quiz, anyone can online, and you can say, well, why am I still experiencing some of the, the behavior patterns I'm stuck in? Or why do I have some of these wounds, you know, from my childhood or from my young adulthood that I just can't get over, even though I, like, on paper, I don't have, you know, there's nothing wrong. I have a great family and a great upbringing. Um, and so I think that's good to know. Um, just to know, I think it's it's so easy to want to, like, compare, right. you know, my family history to yours and be like, I never had to walk through anything really hard, right? Like, why do I still wrestle with some of the the areas of personal development, the areas that I need to grow in? Because we are uniquely those, designed right? to do that as human beings. Yep. We exactly. are we are yep. designed to wrestle with hard things, yeah, yep. and that's where I think resiliency mm-hmm. is so important. And yeah. what we do with mm-hmm. mentoring is so important. I've had yeah. just kind of a great realization as to what drew, drew me to the do this yeah. work yeah 
not because my ACEs score was high, mm-hmm. but because I had all of these people in my life yeah. who said, I believe in you and yeah. this is possible She's for you. Cool. Now that can happen to anyone mm-hmm. at any time. I think self-doubt yeah. and doubt in general is part yeah. of everyone's journey. Sure. And where we find it or where we get mm-hmm. stuck in it, it's easier to fall back into some of our even self-deprecating patterns yes. than it is to to be bold and confident. Yeah. I mean, that's not I don't think for many people it's easy. Default, right? Yeah. So I think it's good to like think about the, like some of these tools are really helpful. Like obviously ACES is used by a lot of different agencies, mm-hmm. right, to assess mm-hmm. level of need. Yep. Um, but also to know that there's that might be an external indicator of some things that happen to you, but I even love some of these questions on the resiliency because it was almost like an internal measurement uh-huh. of some of these things, right? So this is linked it's from um uh, uh, trauma Harmony. matters through Project um, Harmony. Through Project Harmony. Yep. We had a mentor academy about it not too long ago, but we have it linked to our worth mentioning board on Pinterest. Um, but some of these questions, like I believe that my mother loved me when I was little, you know, definitely true, probably true, not sure, probably not true, definitely not true. And so even to look at some of these questions and to say, this is my perception of how I felt loved and cared for, right? Um, you know, when I was little, other people helped my mother and father take care of me and they seemed to love me. So asking about some of those other um, factors probably that ACE has had, right? But almost the interpretation of some of those things and how it built up resiliency, right, in you, how you react to stress as a result. And I saw this as so much more external. Hmm. Because I was thinking of those around me. It's my concept of them. Yeah. But the, I feel like it's an external evaluation yeah. of the external the people, pieces right, of the people. Resiliency, right? right. Okay, so I think it you're w- comparing external, internal versus a resiliency score, right? I'm looking at this as a ACEs to me feels Mm -hmm. like it's external factors. Yep. Resilience to me, this quiz feels like external factors. This quiz, yep, with resiliency. So when I compare this though, because a lot of that, I just took ACEs again to make sure it was zero. Like a lot of those questions are, I experienced physical abuse, right? It was a fact. It was an event, right? Yes. All of these questions comparatively are my interpretations of maybe some of those events, right? So that's kind of why I was explaining this felt more internal as compared to, right, or more my personal interpretation, right? My perception of maybe some of those events and how they led to my building of resiliency. Does that make sense? It does. And I think what this elicits for me is just tremendous gratitude. It's kind of like the personal trauma that I've experienced, Mm -hmm. I have, probably from the example of many people, I always see the gift. Sometimes it takes me a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I always see the gift. So in a really rough situation with my family, um, right at the time that I I got married and and was having Lauren, um, I can look back now and see... I developed tremendous strength and I, mm-hmm. I developed a tremendous perception and perspective that I knew I didn't want to ever make anybody feel the way that I was mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah, that sure. I had a gift and I had an opportunity in the way that I was present with my own children that if that didn't happen for me, I could always give that to them. Yeah. And it was, I mean, just like a 
I don't, I don't know if that's intrinsic, mm-hmm. that I just know. Um, if you want mm-hmm. to heal that, you're going to have to, you can't control what happened to you, yeah. but you're going to have to give that kind mm-hmm. of love that you always hope to receive to others yeah. so mm-hmm. that the cycle stops. Because when I think back, you know, a lot of my mom's trauma is because of her trauma, trauma from her mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to step back and say, okay, yeah. I'd like this to stop now. Okay. And so the only mm-hmm. thing that I can do about that is to make sure it doesn't continue yeah. into the next generation. Okay, so I challenge you. I think that at first I was like, oh, it's probably your empathy, right? But I think it's actually more so your connectedness mm-hmm. because you see the you know connectedness even strategic, right? Like the strategic. cyclical nature of life that, you know, and I think about, um, you know, connectedness in kind of more spiritual patterns, right? Um, how things evolve maybe emotionally, soul-wise, to be able to say, I know that this is a generational pattern, right? And I then choose to actively stop it, right? But being able to recognize that, I think, is probably a blend of those strengths mm-hmm. within you um, to see the pattern, right? But also then to know how that pattern would continue, right, f- if you had not stopped it. And so when we talk about strategic, you often talk mm-hmm. about patterns. I often talk about pathways. Mm-hmm. And I think I see it as my strategic pathway, yeah. creating a mm-hmm. new pathway, cr- taking a different road. Um, I also think what would be really interesting for us to take a look at, I mean, we should design our own sociologists. I mean, we, we for both. Sure. A forgiveness mm-hmm. assessment. If we were brutally, totally honest, mm. what is your capacity to forgive? Mm. What is your capacity to let go? Mm. What is your capacity to truly move forward? Mm. Because I think that has to do with a lot of ways that we experience life. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. So I don't know what one of the questions would be. I'm sure we could design mm. it. This is brilliant. We should just, yeah, we should just do patent, it. Mm. copyright, Goodness. copyright, mm. Jenna Milley. A forgiveness um, assessment. Mm. What's your capacity of forgiveness? What's your capacity of asking to be forgiven? Because mm-hmm. I think forgiveness is a really powerful tool when it comes to resilience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And trauma. For sure. That's good. So, yeah, I guess we're kind of wrestling with these, but would love for uh, to get your guys' feedback on this as well, just kind of along the lines of kind of what we posed last episode as well. And I actually am, I'm going to posit this in a way for not only reflecting on our childhood experiences and our resiliency, but also how to then wield that information um, to affect our lives now, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to dig into this, to dig into your childhood wounds, right? If it doesn't then impact how you're living your life right now. Um, just like you mentioned, right? Like what has been done to you is done to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can affect change right within mm-hmm. your, the generations that come after you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I think that can even happen now, right? We know of a lot of people that are walking through therapy, that walk through um, counseling for trauma, that are trying to change and make sense of what's happened to them in the now so that they can be changed in the future. So this actually, it's kind of a funny um, uh, uh, kind of a funny framework because it doesn't come at all from psychology, sociology. It actually comes from a training I sat in with a marketing firm last week. Oh, and they were actually talking about um, this cycle of making sense of your website and social media data, 
And so I've been kind of looped into some of these conversations and they say, you know, you can never really know exactly why you're getting the results you are unless you send out like a separate survey. But you can see the data, you can see where web traffic goes, you can see clicks and likes, but you never can really tell motivations for a user activity online um, unless you've sent out a separate survey asking about their motivations. Right? And they're Which, answering honestly. You know, and they're answering honestly. Right. So they said the cycle is you essentially, you can look at that data and first you make inferences based on that data. Mm -hmm. Then you make meaningful changes and then you reflect on it. It's so simple, but I love the the idea of those kind Say it of again. three steps in a cyclical way, right? First is inferences, right? You, you look at the data, you look at your life, you look at your emotions, and you say, what are some observations I have about this, right? Then second is you make meaningful change, right? And I added that word meaningful to, you know, I'm interpreting this a little bit. I like bit it, I like it. Right, make meaningful change. And I would say, at least from a researcher perspective, from a development perspective, you don't wanna make a ton of change, right? Make one, and that's even what they said, make one small change. Start by tracking one marketing campaign, one email campaign, right? And then, finally, step three is then looking again at the data and reflecting. Step three is reflection. So reflecting upon what are the new things that have happened, right? How has the data changed, right? So when you don't know motivations behind user activity, for example, if you were to, um, you know, make a small change, like I'm going to start and do this marketing campaign, or I'm going to do um, this email campaign, if you were to look at the data beforehand, make the meaningful change, right, and then reflect back on how the data has been affected by it, you can probably make more accurate inferences, right, right. about your user activity. And so I was thinking about this, and this is, everyone's getting a little precursor, because I was actually going to write this as the Strengths blog this week, but it's Omaha Gives Day, so words all over the place. So I didn't write a blog again. Yep, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Haven't written one since March. There we go, people. Um, but, but. You know, I love this cycle because I think about this, I think this is a really way you can intentionally approach strengths development, personal growth, even healing from some past trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Is to say, okay, yesterday I got upset about this. What inferences can I make about why I was upset, right? What might be underlying that, right? What are some observations that I can make based on that reaction, right? And that's just one example. It could be I keep getting stuck in a rut or I'm late all the time and I don't want to be late anymore or, you know, all of these things, like even some of the things that naturally come out of our strengths, right? But you may want to change, right? Right. So, you know, you make these inferences, make these observations, right? And then think of one step for meaningful change that you could maybe almost test to see how that is going to affect your behavior, right? And so, for example, if I got, you know, I can use the example with my friends because they'll probably listen here and then I'll make a meaningful change and we'll collect more data on it, right? So I might be um, maybe upset and a little anxious about the fact that they all want to run this half marathon with me in the fall, right? So maybe a meaningful change that I can make is instead of comparing this half marathon to my Lincoln half, right? I can approach it from a different perspective to say this isn't about beating that personal record. This isn't about having all of these three hours of alone time of running, right? This is about a collective experience with my friends. So if I make that simple change, right, how can then I reflect on what my next few weeks are going to look like in terms of training, 
right? If I make that change when I approach this half marathon, that's small, it's just a way I'm even viewing it. That isn't even a substantial change of my time and energy. How am I going to maybe interact with my friends differently? Will I invite them to run more? Um, Will I invite them to go out and walk or do a cycling class to change up our routine a little more? And then you know, once I look at maybe the next few weeks of how my training looks like, right, then I can reflect on, okay, did that change result in a different reaction next time somebody asks me about the half marathon in the fall or next time I hear about another person who signed up to be on our team? So it's essentially the recipe for success. When something's not working, you step back, you look at it, you mm-hmm. make some changes. Yep. And move forward with those changes and see if they work. Also, yeah. it's the it really it reminded me of the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again mm, and expecting a yeah. different result. Sure. But we all do that. Yep, we do. I think often to a default mm. that we just keep walking in the same path. Yeah. I mean, you can almost see your your footprints that you fall back mm-hmm. into because it doesn't require effort. Effort. Yeah. And it just it's a really basic, simple way to do something that doesn't require effort. It goes back to the whole idea, right, that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. I promise we don't plan these things. We don't. Um, That, you know, that we only really change, right, when we step outside of our comfort zones. So I think that that's a, a good way to do it. And you're right. It's probably something that, you know, we, you know, do a lot to have change, but I just like the way that it was kind of those three steps almost like in, but it's like in a continual cycle, right? So in your reflections, you then make new inferences, Mm -hmm. right? To then make another small change. And I think that's, I don't know, I think it's something even at this, you know, time, we're in the middle end of May, where, you know, at the beginning of the year, we have all these lofty goals to make changes in our lives, right? Yeah, but so much happens. So much happens. I mean, so you much just can't even predict. January, right? So much has looked different since January. So much has changed. And so how can we even make this a more regular pattern of our own development, um, you know, in order to continue to have change in our lives, continue to have growth um, with our strengths, with our personal development? And I think it's really good because, you know, I now have been – Um, you know, it's been two and a half years since I got my certification for coaching for Gallup. And, um, you know, I've been coaching some people on staff for nearly that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about we're even in a rut when it comes to coaching. Right? That happens easily. That happens very easily. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I know you probably experienced this too, but how can we start looking at this pattern, this cycle more intentionally to say, okay, even in our practices of personal growth and of stepping outside of our comfort zone, we then get stuck in a rut, right? I feel like it's this constant uphill against the stream trying to run up an escalator battle, right, of all of life is trying to put us into these boxes, these comfort zones, these routines, right? And it just continues this pattern and this cycle of we are who we are. It's no way to live. Right. Um, I keep thinking of the question that I've been asking a lot of people recently because I've kind of gotten away from my same old questions, but what surprises you or what has been a recent surprise or what what are you most surprised by? Mm. So a couple reasons that I do that. One Angelise Aaron's work um, 
anthropologist, um, mm-hmm. great work on questions for the self. Cool. Um, when I write now in my gratitude journal, it's what's something that surprised me today. And then many of you know I like a lot of mystic things, and so manifesting um, is one of the things that I, I really, it's, I mean, basically, if you've ever read the book, The Secret, it's about the law of attraction. What you put out there, what you manifest, mm-hmm. what you think about, is it's what's going to show up. So if I say, I am crabby, I'm going to see crabby, 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 crabby. If I yeah. say, I am powerful, I am whole, you manifest that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I made the mistake of doing was put surprises in my manifestation for this year and I I'm all done with them now I would like to not have any more I mean I took that (laughs) thing out of there and burned it in the last full moon I was like okay done with surprises don't need any more of those but I think it's amazing what happens I would encourage people to think about this where are you where are you experiencing out of your comfort zone what are you doing Mm -hmm. to be out of your comfort zone right now in this season in this stage of life this year May Um, but also to think about what are you manifesting Mm-hmm. What message are you putting out to the universe that, oh, well, big surprise, it keeps showing back up. Yep. And I have to really get real with myself when I think about what I put out there. My friend Aaron, who I love, Aaron always reminds me that we sometimes speak things that aren't in our truth. Hmm. And when we're doing that, it'll manifest in these really wonky, not positive sure. ways. So if you're in a, um, let's say you're in a situation where you don't believe what you're being told and you look at that person and you say, I, yeah, I trust you, I believe you, and you don't, mm-hmm. if you intrinsically here do not feel it, but that's the message and you're claiming an untruth, you are saying. creating more and more and more of that. Oh, I just don't know if that's humanly possible for me. To what? To claim an untruth. Uh, I don't know you know if that's what? A strength. Baloney. Baloney. Because you can be, I've watched you be gentle and soft, even with me, when I probably needed bold and harsh. Hmm. Okay. So it's even like not even what you say. Even, even nuanced. Approach to people. Even nuanced. Okay. okay. Um, I just read an article by Eric Barker about um, marriage, and he said one of the things, his biggest piece of advice is to be absolutely brutally honest. Hmm. And you know what that what that means. Okay. Um, now, granted, there's a little bit of there's a, some caution to that, but I think one of the things that I've noticed about my relationship with my friends and my family that is just part of us. Yeah. And if you can't be, I don't really want that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's no big deal. We talk often about Lauren's brutal honesty. Yeah. Um, she doesn't listen very much, so we can say all this. Um, but we talk about how she'll come in and say, what's up, sea bass, if I'm wearing four different colors of blue? <laughs> yep, yep. And she just feels a very solid comfort oh. being completely, totally honest. Mm-hmm. Now, some people may see that as, wow, you are so hard on your mom or you're disrespectful towards your mom. It is an established mm-hmm. law within our family that brutal honesty is who we are. Mm-hmm. You're just... Yep. It's just raw and real, and that's it. And I know you still love me. And maybe I do look like a sea bass today. Mm -hmm. And then it's on me to say, but I like this. But I'm going to wear it anyway. Mm. Um, And if I don't respond that way, then I'm not living in my truth either. So Mm. I think it would be really important for people to think about their the kind of truth statements that they're putting out and manifesting on. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not believing in what you're doing or saying – 
Yeah. It just doesn't work. No, for anybody, for sure. I had a wonderful conversation with my friend Cassie this week about integrity. Mm -hmm. And what does it truly mean to walk in your truth and in integrity? Yeah. And I think that's a really good question to ponder. I love deep, meaningful conversations with people. I mean, just in this week, I've had a lot of them. And Mm -hmm. I think, how lucky are we that we get the opportunity to to do that with each other. Yeah. We had to, during our United Way meeting, mm-hmm. what's a great combination? No, duo, partner. Oh, pairing. Pairing. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to choose between ketchup and mustard, peanut butter and jelly, hall and oats, wine and cheese, salt and pepper? No. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Beyonce and Sweet Jay-Z. And salty. Mm-hmm. So... Or you could come up with your own. And did you hear Jen? She said, this is one of my favorite pairings. Oh. Jen and Millie. I thought that was really, that was very nice. That was very nice. Um, But I thought that was such a great way to think about things. Yeah. And to create our own. Mm -hmm. And the interpretation, I think, of that at the after effect, it was some of these pairings, if you notice, are opposites. Some of these pairings are very similar. They share a commonality, mm-hmm. right? Like they're both foods or, you know, they're both people and some of them aren't. And so like one of the examples from the people was a recliner and their TV. Yeah, which I didn't get because <laughs> I don't do that. I don't, yeah, I don't do that either. So like, you know, <laughs> but I understand, folding the, clothes if I I'm understand the concept based on my parents for the most part. But, um, you know, so I thought it was just very interesting, even in some of those duos, like, you know, you were talking about like Hall and Oates and is what, who you picked and how, you know, I've always been together, right? So the duo that I picked is not together anymore, right? Um, <laughs> I talked about um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, and right how I mean they're I mean the Beatles broke up, um, you know Lennon was assassinated, all these things, but like I they were such a great duo because when you read anything about them, they egged each other on to make the best music possible because they were right? different because they were so so different from one another, and so that's why I like but I yet love in that integrity with one another, in honesty with honesty. one another, in truth, sometimes in, brutal honesty, yes. Yep. Yep. So, uh, okay. So good questions. I felt like this one was a little all over the place and I hope my friends don't read it and listen to it. I don't even know how we can title this one. Uh, Hodgepodge of lots of discussion. Yep. It's Omaha Gives Day. Thankfully, I don't have to title it. I just call it episode 41. Um, I do think (laughs) asking, tell us about a favorite pairing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is a great cab and peanut butter cups, which I mentioned before. That's awesome. And if you want to catch the connectedness, you grab the peanut butter cup off the table. Yep. Before we oh, left that meeting. I did. And I our, gave it to you. And it goes well with cab, just saying. Yep. I think that's the individualization in me. It's like this, as soon as I sat down, I knew you were coming to the meeting and I said, that is Allie's. Not surprised you didn't grab it for yourself. So I grabbed it for you. Thank I you. became your advocate Thank in you. peanut butter realm. <laughs> Um, alrighty. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into Hodgepodge. Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> Episode 41 of Jen and Millie. Um, and so please um, share uh, any, you know, brutally honest comments you have with us, um, even about our conversations. Um, 
you know, are there ways that you feel like you can, we can improve and, um, you know, how that we do this, you know, what inferences do you make about listening to us? Um, how can we then maybe make some small changes? Um, and how can we reflect to see what the impact is on those changes? I'd love to even incorporate that cycle into our time, um, of podcasting. And so, um, feel free to let us know. And then we'd love to hear, um, a little bit about if you take, um, ACEs, um, or the resiliency score a little bit about what that means for your life. So what is maybe a part of you was the question that we posed um was the question that we ended up posing um I'm trying to remember what was a part of you that maybe are there some are some assumptions right about your strengths about maybe what your childhood life was like maybe about your generation forgiveness um, about and then um kind of how that has lent itself to maybe your ACEs score maybe um uh, how you approach forgiveness so we'd love to hear a little bit about that and then would love for you to implement this kind of cycle that I talked about of inferences meaningful change and reflection upon that change um and let's see how it goes. Um, let's push ourselves out of our comfort zone, um, and really try and yeah, grow and change and, you know, do life as it should be right. Constantly growing, constantly learning. That's the learner in me. If you can't tell, feel free, interact with us. Anyway, again, a hodgepodge. Golly gee, I'm supposed to read these two sentences and I did not get there. Okay. To interact with us and share the questions that we, you know, share your responses to the questions we posed in this episode. Feel free to either um, respond to the email if you're getting this via email from Allie or follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie and uh, drop us a comment there. Um, We'd love to hear from you. That's at Jen and Millie at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.